Hello, and welcome to Faculty Feed with me, Dr. Jerry Rabelais, Associate Vice President for Health Science Center Faculty Development at the University of Louisville. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacy Sainer, Director of HSC Faculty Development, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Faculty Health Professions Education. Once a week, we're going to come together to use this podcast to bring faculty development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader. So, Stacy. Yeah. Welcome to Faculty Feed. Thanks. You're the guest today. What? Okay. You are, because you want to talk about learning. I always want to talk about learning. Right? And you and I have had some disagreements in the past about learning, especially okay. early on in our time together, like four years ago. Mm, okay. And you'd say things like, there's no such thing as learning style. You, you would say that with great emphasis. And, because and, it is true. And strength. You would, you would there just There is like, no such thing as learning styles. All right. So, but here I am. Yes, I am, you are. I am evidence that I have always preferred to learn things with pictures. Okay. I've labeled myself as a visual learner as a result of that. And yet your challenge to that is that that doesn't exist. That's how I heard you. Is that what you were trying to say? I'm not saying it doesn't exist. And you just said it yourself. You have a preference for the visual, for the picture. But think Back to when you were studying, were you only looking at a diagram? No, no, because if there was text I had to read, Mm -hmm. I would draw out uh, with shapes or arrows. So that's like kinesthetic and auditory, or sorry, visual, and you were reading. So you were doing lots of different things. So even though my preference is to look at a picture and almost take a photograph of Mm -hmm. it for my mind, that in itself, I'll admit, was not sufficient. It was a big part of how I learned, but it wasn't sufficient. I did my best to convert audio or text into pictures that I could then take a picture of and put in my head. Well, that's a concept called dual coding. So that's not exactly a learning style. So you're you know, visual representations that you liked is your preference. It's what you feel works best for you. You, you run into this in learners. I suspect that everyone, oh, yeah. right? You, you saw it in secondary education. I suspect you see it now mm-hmm. uh, in medical students. You probably see it in residents and fellow trainees. You might see it in faculty as well, where they state things like in your <laughs> HPE course, Stacy, if only you provided me a, a recording of this, because I, I only learn as an auditory learner. Right. That's my thing. Do you hear stuff like that? On occasion, we do. So from people at every level. This oh. isn't unique to like uh, no. sophomores in high school no, or something. No, it is definitely not just limited to high school. It is, it is a prolific misconception. So Stacy, what are learning styles? Learning styles, the, the most classic form is the acronym VARK, V-A-R-K, which stands for visual, auditory, reading, and kinesthetic. And so 
when we think about and look at the history of learning styles, there was a, a gentleman by the name of Neil Fleming. And in 1987, he was an educator in New Zealand and he started to notice some really great, well-respected educators that were unable to help 100% of their learners, right? They couldn't get 100% of their learners to excel. And so Fleming took this observation and decided he wanted to try to fix this. How can we get all of the students to be successful? And so he looked at some of the possible reasons and his observations and some of the things that came to his brain was maybe they're not getting it the way they want it maybe this learning style thing. So this educator in New Zealand in 1987 made it up. Or d he designed a framework that made sense. It has a lot of face validity. Mm. Uh, because as Jerry has talked about here, he's got a strong preference for this type of learning. So it makes sense, but it's been called one of the most pervasive myths in cognition. Oh, yes. Tell me a little bit more about that. I think the big issue there, because this, this myth, this misconception has just snowballed because in educator training and in higher ed, all the time they would make you do a, like a learning style inventory. And that's people, right. I remember doing yeah, that in my yeah. training programs. Yeah. And I remember doing it with some of my students. How do you like to learn and get that information? Because you wanted to like help every single learner be successful. So Stacy and I both have training and secondary science education. And I remember having to develop curriculum where how would you um, how would you have content in your courses that reach these different types of learners? Right. And that was very difficult to do for some situations. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I, yeah, I don't want to even think back to that. It's just a, a learning style is really a preference for you personally, how you prefer to do something to learn specific content. And so there have been research studies that have looked at people will self-identify this is my this is the style of learner I am I'm an auditory learner I'm a visual learner and then they will give them content um, that supposedly supposedly matches up with the uh, style of learning they are and in fact they don't learn better using that style of learning and sometimes it's even worse. Yes. <laughs> Um, why is this a problem, Stacey? One of the biggest problems, if we visit the whole topic of a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, let's, let's start there. So Carol Dweck's work on growth mindset. So when you think about the term growth mindset, that is you are open to the ideas that you can grow and learn. Your brain can, can take on new challenges and, and you can be successful with practice. Fixed mindset is the idea of shutting down the idea that you can improve with practice. It's uh, however this is, it's just the way it's gonna be. I'm always terrible at math. I can never get better at math. So think of the growth fixed mindset as a continuum and we all humans are a mixture of both on different topics. But when a learner 
comes to an educator and says, hey, you really only put graphics up on your PowerPoints and I'm not a visual learner. I'm really more of, you know, I like to read and I, I really think I'm kind of kinesthetic. I need to do activities with the content. And the way you present the content is just not helpful for me. And I can't learn in your class because you only put everything as graphics on your PowerPoint slides. So the learner has cut themselves off from a modality of learning and they have adopted a fixed mindset around other ways of learning content. So the, so the idea of learning styles, it limits an individual who thinks that they can't access certain topics or certain ways of learning because they, they believe that it's, in, it's ingrained and inherent in themselves rather than that, well, actually, I could, I could mm-hmm. um, access this content in a different way. So, Stacey, what, I want to make sure I understand what you're not saying. Okay. You're not saying that you're going to take away my preference to learn things visually. Is that I, right? I don't think I could take that away from you. But, but I don't even want you to try. I, I right? have no <laughs> doubt. But if we break down your preference for learning visually, you admitted you had to read captions. You were drawing, you were redrawing these um, structures as you were learning the content. The key here, everyone, multimodal. Learning is multimodal. It takes multiple modalities for you to learn content and be effective at retrieval, being effective at analyzing and uh, evaluating the material that you are required to know and be able to do something with. So in the example you used of the student who would come to you and say, you only use graphics in your PowerPoint and that just doesn't reach me, your advice to them would be to adopt a growth mindset around learning from the graphics. And if they have a preference for an auditory or, or a reading mode for this, then write it out and engage in it that way. And, and yet don't dismiss the possibility that the graphics could be helpful to you. Yes, 100%. And your advice to that faculty member might also be maybe engage in different modalities within that PowerPoint as well. So it's two-sided that, you know, maybe the student isn't wrong that it, they are having difficulty with that content, but it's not necessarily because they're not a visual learner. It's because they need to be accessing that content in multiple modalities. But, but how is that different, Laura? from what you just talked about, where both you and Stacy were asked to develop a curriculum that represented these different potential learning preferences. And how is that different? Because you seem to have reacted negatively to the need that somebody required you to write it down that way. I'll, so I'll break it down. So how do you, how do you re- respond to that? Okay, so we're This learning. is 60 minutes. I mean, <laughs> this you, is gotta, minutes. you gotta, gotta it. do it. All right, so, you know, this week we're learning about, you know, our, I don't know, are we learning about volcanoes? What are we learning yeah, about? Volcanoes. Yeah, I don't know, volcanoes. Whatever. Volcanoes. You know, we're learning about volcanoes. In, when we were going through the secondary ed, where we had to break down, it would be like, okay, what activity are you having in your class that's specific for the auditory learners? Okay, now what are you having that's specific for the visual learners? What are you having that's specific for the kinesthetic? You know, everybody had to, you had to make sure that you're reaching these very specific specific people instead of developing content that was for everyone that that it 
presented the content uh, in different ways. So instead you were making like separate, here's the way I'm gonna teach you this, here's the way I'm gonna teach you this, here's the way I'm gonna teach you this, instead of I'm teaching the whole class and being cognizant that I have to present it in, in different modes. So you were being asked to develop four different lanes oh, of curriculum yes. Yes. Uh, and do them uh, in the same moment so everybody <laughs> got something yeah. from you. Uh, the presupposition is that the people in the other three lanes weren't learning while right. you were doing visual or doing auditory. One, the other yes, three yes. were not. And so, like, like this might be, if, if, if we're thinking about med school, it might be, oh, if you're an auditory learner, you can hear, I have this recorded lecture that you can listen to. Oh, okay, you're a visual learner. Here is this you know, video that you could watch. So you're not assuming that every student is accessing all the content instead of developing a cohesive piece of curriculum. And more importantly, there is some curriculum, some content that is really more geared to a specific modality. Let's look at anatomy. How is a learner going to look, understand, and be able to use anatomy? Without pictures. They just read it. right? Just read it. Or all they had to do was listen to their anatomy professor. That was it. Reading and listening can help contribute to the understanding of looking at those those images. So that's what we're trying to say is that multi, multimodal curriculum is helpful rather than, you know, I think all of us have had learners that, that come and say like, I'm an auditory learner, I just can't. Yeah. And that's the piece that we wanna try to break down is you certainly can, but the faculty is also responsible for making sure that we're accessing this content in different ways. Yeah, so our principal audience is faculty mm-hmm. as we as we talk through these these kinds of issues. So direct your comments now to faculty who develop curricula or who teach in clinical environments throughout the health sciences campus. How does this apply to them? My first recommendation that I would love is for everyone to understand that If a learner comes to you and says, hey, I can't do this because I'm really just a visual person or whatever they may pick as their preference, it doesn't mean you have to totally redo your curriculum for that individual. It also means you may need to um, talk to that particular student and say, hey, learning is using multiple modalities, and just because you really just like to listen to content, you know, the pictures and the readings and all of these things come together to create your understanding. So the faculty can provide that information for the learner and hopefully kind of break them away from that fixed mindset where they only want to listen. Secondly, faculty need to do more than just have 50 PowerPoint slides and read. So you can make PowerPoint multimodal. You can have pictures, you are talking, learners are listening to you. You can have graphics and charts and things that people are reading, and you can do kinesthetic type things easily with things like Poll Everywhere and Kahoot and other types of things where they're engaging with the content. So my big recommendation is to try to make your presentations multimodal and help your students come to an understanding that learning takes more than just one preference. It takes multiple modalities. Can we, can we speak to why learners at whatever level, have these preferences. Is it because it's 
easier for them. And, and what do you have to say about easy versus hard when it comes to learning? Number one, learning is hard. And so if you want to actually learn some content, it is going to take some work. And work can be sort of painful, um, or perceived painful for the learner, but understanding that the more work that you put in, the more um, benefit you're going to get out. So a learner may perceive themselves or have a preference or have a preference for uh, visual representations of content, but just because they don't want to take on the challenge, I guess, of trying to add in these multiple modalities to, you know, try it a different way. Because sometimes, what if you added some auditory component? What if you did some type of kinesthetic work when you were writing and, and, and creating different types of diagrams or flow maps? Um, because that is harder than just doing what they prefer. So the rationale behind this multimodal approach to learning is in the course of doing something that perhaps isn't your preference, it takes effort. Effort involves work. It makes it harder, but you're more likely to learn. And so being open then is what you're suggesting to these other areas where it might take more of your effort because it's not your preference for how to learn it that way. That in fact may result in enhanced learning. Those desirable difficulties that we, we talk a lot about. Absolutely. So if you think about the learner who really just enjoys rereading, right? I, I'm not going to, I'm just going to reread this. I'm rereading this chapter. It's okay. Well, what if you try to do some type of take the content that you read and draw out a, a concept map? that would be more beneficial to the learner than just rereading the content. Creating that concept map based on that chapter or that topic is going to be a lot more difficult than rereading. And you're also engaging with the content in a different way. Like, I think that that's key is you're not just doing the same thing over and over again and hoping it just for the test will will stick. <laughs> and then <laughs> floats away never to be recalled again. We'll never see it again. So Stacy. We always ask our guests oh, <laughs> to challenge our listeners to do one thing next week. So what would you ask uh, faculty that are listening to do around learning styles? I think the biggest challenge would be to look at their next presentation or the next time they're giving a talk and look at it critically and say, have I provided a multimodal way of letting people access this content and help people that you work with, help your students come to an understanding that learning is hard work and in order to do it well, that it takes time and energy to get that done. Stacey, I have a hard-hitting question. Oh, okay. Do you think this podcast caters to people who prefer... An auditory learning oh, style? Oh, no. Oh, no. That's a great question. I think this podcast caters to individuals who don't have time. <laughs> Excellent. 
that, that they like to listen to it in the car on their commute. So that's, that's no, but the real power is even though you are a, a, you prefer to listen on your way home, we've asked you to do something absolutely in this next week after you hear this, and that do something is what Stacy just outlined. So you've you've made it multimodal by providing them with a homework assignment. I hope so. So I guess we can thank all the visual reading and kinesthetic preferences people out there. Absolutely. People with preferences. And thanks for telling us about uh, the learning style myth. If you want to up your game as a professional educator or to enhance your leadership skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be as together we strive to make UofL a great place to learn, a great place to work, and a great place to invest. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links and additional information from today's session, as well as our email address. Feel free to contact us at facfeed at louisville.edu. That's F-A-C-F-E-E-D at louisville.edu. Join us next time for more and come hungry.